I think the interview when we do interviews, I want to make the people feel like really warm and special. Welcome to Gay Today. The gay history class. You never took in high school. I'm Sarah and I'm um, wearing mascara. Ooh. Uh, my name's Michael and I'm wearing um, pants that are almost sweatpants, which oh. I would never normally do. Wow, yours didn't rhyme. Oh, like does Sarah and Mascara does right? Are you okay. serious? You couldn't hear that? <laughs> I wasn't sure. It was brilliance over here. I'm, I'm giving you gold. I'm giving you gold nuggets. <laughs> I have the golden ticket. How about that? God, that movie was weird. I obsessed <laughs> that, over that movie. I, w- I obsessed over that. Except movie. for that awful scene where it's his, it's him and his mom, and she's like washing clothes. I oh, fast forwarded past that. Oh, I fast forwarded to it too. <laughs> that bitch was depressing. So man. depressed. Such a bad song. God, and it's like cheer up, Charlie. Yes, cheer up, Charlie. Charlie. Give, Give us a smile. smile. Ah. Snooze fest. Get to the chocolate, man. Yeah, I want Gene. Bubble room. Give me. <laughs> Seriously though, that. <laughs> think about that. Oh, that, and, uh, did they fart? No, they burped. That's how they, they got burped. down. <laughs> so I of, bet somebody had farts on the table dude, at some point. Like, yeah. Should we fart them out? Fart them out or burp them out? We'll burp them. We'll you can't flatu- flatulence wasn't allowed. In... I bet parents when they saw that movie, like, in it came out in the seventies, right? I have no idea. I think it came out in the seventies. Yeah, and sure. I'm Late sure 70s. parents were just like just appalled at the burping scene and like a bunch of uh, kids were just like burping do you remember how sad it was charlie bucket's little house they had like five people living in that one room um yeah dude like why are you telling him to cheer up he's got nothing to be cheery about this um, yeah that shit is whack parents are in bed like <laughs> they're eating cabbage soup yeah how did grandpa get up did he just get the, w- the will of the lord because he was like bedridden sketch on this like, oh really last week they just did a sketch oh. on charlie and like grandpa gets out of bed and charlie's like what the fuck dude? You, have you been able to can walk i go to a job before i go to school you can just like walk it's funny <laughs> yeah that's true oh jesus yeah it's it's good oh. this is the same episode where Kristen stewart played a lesbian on like in every scene oh in the totino's commercial have you seen it no i, oh, I saw about the totino's commercial <laughs> the totino's commercial is my entire she is lesbian. so beautiful yeah dude, she's, she's stunning I, it's weird because my best friend Hannah Herndon and I, we've talked about Kristen Stewart for many years because Hannah Herndon <laughs> used to be obsessed with Twilight. Yeah. And then she wasn't and then she was, has this weird relationship with it. And like, we've always talked about how Kristen Stewart is the most uncomfortable person on the planet. Yeah. So awkward, weird, fucking whatever. But like her being a lesbian somehow makes us feel... She is a bona fide lesbian. I don't know if she's a lesbian. She oh. just like is... She said she's really gay is what she said on oh, SNL. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. I know she's bisexual. <clears throat> yeah, there was like, I remember her being in the media like, ooh, is she like, good? It's turned me into a Kristen Stewart fan, and I hate that it's about sexuality, but sorry. But sorry. <laughs> but sorry. I don't know. Yeah. No, she's she's stunning. I know, I, she's back on my radar. And I think like her acting is, yes, kind of like a little boring, but also compelling, question yeah. mark? I don't know. Like, 
I'm I'm on the fence about it. Everyone like razzes on her so much, but I think like she maybe she's kind of good. I don't know, but also maybe she's a little boring. She is a little boring. (laughs) One cannot be sure. One can never be certain. (laughs) No. Oh, how have you been this this dirty dirty week? It's yeah. (laughs) It's hot, sleepy, (laughs) clearly. Um, I have been pretty good. Pretty good because. I don't even know what I've done, except the only thing I've really been doing yeah. is um, coming up with this tour for my oh, right. Met, because my other I'm very job excited is to come see it. tour guide through the Metropolitan Museum of Art, through Art. Museum Hack, if oh, anybody wants to jump on mention. that. Yeah, I'm doing a plug. I'm doing a plug. <laughs> I'll do a plug. So I've been, I've been like rehearsing pieces. I have a whole piece now about a room full of dicks. Oh, what? Uh, I'll take you there. Is that, are you um, doing that on Monday? Yeah. Hell yes. And I have um, this... Little nun is trinket it, wait, for my lesbian nuns. Is the dick thing in the the indies room, like the African art? No. There's a lot of dicks in that room. There's a lot of dicks in that room. Yeah. Okay. No, it's it's above the Greek and Roman section. Oh, also a lot of dicks. Yeah, they hide it. But it's oh, really? There. There's a whole dick unit. No, it's not. Forgive well, the, the pun. Well, the dick is the unit. That's exactly that? right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love the Greek area just because you know they were so obsessed with like muscly forms and oh, like the perfect God. physique and I'm like That's so weird. <laughs> It is very weird. Yeah. Hey, all no holds barred with Greek culture. That shit is fascinating. Oh my god, Greeks and the Romans. I mean, both yeah. of them. Like, the Romans are wild. The Romans are yes, dude. You know they used to they used to perform like plays like Icarus and Dalius, and they would they would do like the play of Icarus and Dalius. They would get the actors Icarus and Dalius to go up the stairs, like strap wings on them, and then yeah. they would swap out the the man playing uh, Icarus with a criminal. At the last minute, put wings on the criminal, bring them up to the top of the tower, and then, like, push the criminal off with the wings and kill him. <laughs> Splat on the ground to dissuade dissent, or to dissuade assent in the people. Like, this guy's a criminal, but they use, like, theater as, like, a way, as, like, a form of, like, keeping the masses in line by killing people live. What? They would do, they would, like, perform Daniel in the Lion's Den, and Daniel would be played by a criminal who would be mauled to death <laughs> during the play. That's so fucked. I Isn't bet they insane? have tons of like terracotta jars in there depicting that. Yes. And I could talk about it. Maybe I will. You should. I might add it to my tour on Monday. I'm not even kidding. I just found out my boyfriend Cody got me this Keith Haring book for yeah. Valentine's Day, um, which is it's amazing. And I found out I knew a lot about Keith Haring, but not nearly everything as of this 700-pound tome. It's huge. You could kill somebody with that yeah, book. That so heavy. He did um, pottery as well. He did like – Oh. terracotta vases that he would paint his figures on that's so weird yeah i, I had no idea that. yeah no clue shit yeah there's um, some good stuff of him painting that that wall on houston and uh oh. what is it varick no houston and lafayette yeah. you know that like big wall that, that's been there forever i think i know exactly what you're talking about yeah it's 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 really yeah it's sick nasty it's like nasty. It's sick nasty how are you i'm great I feel good. I'm excited to go see this play tonight. Yeah. Which, by the way, everyone, we have some very exciting interview uh, with for you today. Yes, we do. With our friend Max Vernon. Yes. Creator of the new musical. The View Upstairs. The View Upstairs. Um. Yeah. From the Upstairs Lounge. Yeah. Um. um we're gonna talk to Max about like his role in the production of, you know, as composer and stuff like that. But, um, I wanted to. Like brief you all. Oh yeah, on what it's about? What it's about? Because um, I had heard of it one time a long time ago and did not realize that I had. Yeah. 
And Michael, you said you didn't. Yeah. I, I only found out about it maybe a few weeks ago. The events right. that led up to that, the events of the story that this musical is about. So let's talk about that. Let's talk yeah. About it. Um, yeah. So in the 70s, like 1973, there was this um, gay bar in New Orleans called the Upstairs Lounge. Mm -hmm. It was in the French Quarter. French Quarter. Second story kind of gay bar. Yeah. Um, And it was actually like kind of an amazing place because it was, I mean, it was like in the South and that was nuts. But like they also did uh, theater there and they also like have a church um, there with like gay pastors and stuff. Um, And... That it was that it was the end of Pride Weekend, which I, I didn't even realize there were Pride Weekends as far back as seventy three. Yeah, that me seems, either. That's I mean, that's a long time ago, uh, seventy three. And um, so there was a, a church gathering. One of one of the first like the gay pastor uh, led who led this congregation. They were having a meeting in the bar, uh, which Max talks about some amazing events that they would do, but they. At the time, we're just having a meet. They were having a meeting, drinking, uh, talking, and um, a man. A man was kicked out earlier in the day. Um, a, a disgruntled person uh, was yeah. kicked out, and uh, eventually, someone came. Someone. It's. It was never actually officially announced who, or never. They never found who did it. Uh, came back with kerosene and burnt the entire place down, killing yeah. thirty-two people. They, they, um, apparently, too, they had thought that, like, between five and seven on that night, they did their thing called, um, beer bust, <laughs> where they would give out, um, you know, beer for two dollars for two hours. Wow. And so all these people were, like, super... Oh, so you, like, paid that two dollars and then drink for two yeah, hours. Yeah, and then you drink for two hours. Um, Amazing. Yeah, and there were, like, 125 regulars jammed in the bar, like, weekly, um, sure. for that thing. And, um, so yeah, a guy, a buzzer sounds at 7.56 PM and that usually would signal a cab. Yeah. So the, um, they open the door to see if the cab is there and that's when, um, a man named Luther Boggs opens the second floor door to the stairwell and flames rush in and the staircase, everything was wooden, which is why it like immediately busts into flames like so quickly because the the wood was so so dehydrated yeah um yeah just like a matchbox yeah and it went up and it, it killed uh 32 people um it, some of burning in the fire some of smoke inhalation i was googling this earlier to do some research and the pictures were just gruesome i mean it's very yeah. sad yeah it's really rough um, um what happened it's the emergency exit wasn't marked and um, the windows were all boarded up <laughs> and covered with iron bars true and, gay bar fashion yeah and so it was really hard for people to escape because yeah there's a picture of the priest trying to wedge himself out of the bars and he died there it's yeah awful. he it's fucked up he went back in to get his partner actually yeah he was turning around to go back to get his partner and um he got stuck halfway and he burned to death wedged in the window and um his corpse stayed there for the public to see actually and walking by the next Uh, day it was um the largest killing of lgbtq people in history until of course the orlando pulse shooting um but not no one knew that i mean i didn't know that it's a very unknown kind of event yeah I i think largely in part because the media of the time 
downplayed the LGBTQ LGBTQness of the story. Like they didn't, they, they reported a fire, but they didn't say it was a gay bar. They wouldn't say who the victims were. Um, so it was kind of buried historically. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, there's like, there's so many stories from the, the thing that's about the musical that's amazing is it's like very positive and like celebrating these people's lives. Mm-hmm. So that's really good. Yeah. Um, and because, you know, it is like super, super tragic. Yeah. Um, but to the point that like, there's this one story where, um, like the bartender led 30 people to safety because he knew where the unmarked back door was. Oh. Um, and um, one of the guys goes back in though to save his partner and they can't get back out and they found their bodies like holding each other. Oh God. And I'm like, okay. <sighs> um, yeah. And That's then like, uh, it's fucked up too because it's in the seventies. So a lot of people like, because they were burned, like you couldn't tell who they were. And a lot of people went like unclaimed because their mothers and fathers didn't want to, admit that their sons could be in a gay bar Uh, so like hold your people close hold them close babies and like let them go to those gay bars man yeah Yeah. celebrate and and what's great about max's show is it's not that it's not sad sad. (laughs) it's not sad it's a wonderful celebration yes but i thought that you should know the context of what happened there but like max's show is like it's Uh. Fucking, Tits it's gonna be out, fabulous. Purse first. So much glitter, I feel yeah. like. So many. I'm, sequences. I'm going tonight. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm gonna go tonight yes. and uh, check it out because I am so. Hearing him talk about it made me so excited. Yeah, go honor the, go honor the lives lost. Like, go celebrate them. You know, go have a blast. Resist baby. with a fist. Resist, Resist with, with a fist. fist. Resist, Resist with, with a fist. fist. You know, we, we know what we stop saying. Fisting. What? <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, we stop saying auntie way. Oh, auntie way. Auntie way. We got to talk about the other stuff. Yeah, I know. I, I just thought about that the other day. Yeah. I got to bring it back into my life. I feel like I'm... Well, we are going to bring it back. Okay. Okay. Okay, auntie way. Auntie way. I feel like auntie way is like your sassy uncle. Or aunt, I mean. Yeah. Uncle. Or maybe your uncle maybe who is an aunt. Maybe it's your uncle. Yeah, that makes more sense actually to me. He's an aunt on the weekends. You know what I mean? He's an aunt on the weekends, girl. <laughs> Going to those gay bars how do celebrate you pr- his life. How do you pronounce it? A-U-N-T. Aunt. Yeah, aunt. In min- I went to school in Minnesota and everyone there says aunt. And so I started saying aunt. Yeah, I feel super strange about that. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I don't know. Like it. The Midwestern dialect would make you think it would be like aunt. Aunt. aunt car and aunt but no they say aunt, aunt in Midwest, in was just in like minnesota though. i just like judge you i mean like what i won't judge you to your face but <laughs> internally i'm judging you sure you're just gonna throw some shade secretly then yeah i'm throwing shade that's not hip yeah i'm throwing shade nah. sorry i'm not really you were in a flowy dress today it is a flowy shawl i just think i like i like talk about your clothes on every show i know I am wearing my, I bought this like long sleeved, long shawly thing that has roses all over it because I thought it was going to be my like intro into becoming a bohemian kind of a lady. Oh. Slash, I felt like Mama Rose would have worn this in Gypsy when she was touring on the Orpheum circuit. I feel like you could be having a nervous breakdown in that very easily. Okay, great. So not quite what I was going for. Um, thank you, Michael. Hey, anytime, girl. Yeah, anytime. I, uh, I gave a tour in this today. So, oh. You know, the people probably think I'm crazy. The people know. The people always know, dude. <laughs> I took a, gr- a random group of people to the Room of Dicks today. Did they you really? It. They were they, they it was fans. a bachelorette tour. They liked it. Oh, a bachelorette tour. Now, that seems like a strange thing to do at your bachelorette party. 
Let's go to the Museum of Natural Museum of Well, that's the thing. Museum it's like art. the whole tour. If you come with us on a bachelorette tour, we just talk about dicks and vaginas oh, sure. and boobs and like crazy sexually sexy scandals. I did. Stories. I did run into a bachelorette party on the bar the other night. They they pulled out the penis straws. They had a penis cake. I'm like, I don't know that I would. I mean, no. as a gay man, I wouldn't want a penis shit. No. Like, what is the appeal? I don't really understand it's why a it's weird so phallic. Worshiping of yeah. Also, is it do, do men don't have like yonic cakes? Do you hear that? That's a $5 yeah, word right there. Wow. Hey. Are you kids out there? That, that uh, Yannick is to vaginas as phallic is to penis. That's an analogy Dude, for you. Wow. SAT score, boy. Fucking, you're going to get some kid passed through the SATs right now. Listen up. <laughs> I could be a tutor. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Tutor me, baby. <laughs> Give me a I'm learning you right now. We know. We're learning all you babies out there in radio land. Thanks for listening to our show, by the way. We really appreciate the support. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Canada. Shout out, shout out to Canada. We found out we have the second most listeners in Canada. So thanks, Canada. Thank you, Canada. We've got some friends in I Ireland. I you are, but you're beautiful. Yeah. I'll kiss you on your mouth. I'll kiss you right on your teeth. I'm pretty. Thanks so much. Oh, if you, hey, if you want stickers, we were sending. I we sent out our first batch of stickers today in the mail. Uh, just DM us your contact information. We yes. will send you some of our very fancy Gay Today stickers. They're so fancy. Uh, Carmen is getting some. Kathy's getting some. It's going to be but great. Yeah. There, those ladies are excited. I am excited for them. Me too. Shout out to those ladies. Sarah's excited. Um, She's I just got feel like I'm they're doing a lot of shout outs today. <laughs> yeah, I was going to shout out. Shout it out. Um, okay, cool. <laughs> All right. Well, that's all I got. yeah. Let's let's that's let's go over to the interview. Uh, it's with Max. We hope you love it. Follow us on our Instagram socials. Yeah. Um. Look out. Look out. Look out. <laughs> look, watch your pants. Get a permit. Wear your pants. Wear your pants. Permit. Pantsuit Nation. <laughs> all right. Okay. Okay. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Stop. Look. Listen, and you'll agree with me. Things are not what they used to be. You'll see. You say hello to Uncle Joe. Then look again, and you'll find it's your Auntie Flo. Masculine women. All right, well, we'd like to welcome our guest today. This is... Um... Very exciting for us. He yes, is premiering a new musical that he wrote uh, himself. Uh, it's premiering at the Lynn Redgrave Theater in Manhattan. Um, and his name is Max Fern. Welcome to the show, Max. Hi, thanks for having me. Hi. You have a very beautiful apartment. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Wait, it's only, it's in previews right now. When does it open? We open on Mardi Gras, which is, oh. I know, right? It's, it's pretty good for like the, the dramaturgy of the show, but that's a Tuesday, February 28th. Okay. Okay, cool. Sweet. Great. Okay, well, let's just dive right in. Um, I want to know um, how you got involved in this, like, yeah. where the birth of this thing. And can you tell us, like, just what the show's kind of about, roughly? Yeah, both. Just give us yeah, so the show is inspired by the Upstairs Lounge Fire, which a lot of people don't know about. I was recently at Pieces, for whatever reason, at, like, 2 a.m. a couple <laughs> nights ago. Oh, man, I've... Um, by whatever reason I mean it's like my favorite busted ass bar Um, but I was just kind of going around the room and I was asking people like if they had heard about it and five out of the six people I'd ask had never heard about it and before Pulse um, it was kind of the worst attack on our community in history 32 people died but still the majority of people do not even know that this thing happened so I was a queer studies gender and sexuality major at NYU undergrad and when I first found out about it now some people know about it but like 
five, six years ago, really nobody knew about it. Like even my professors did not know about this. Wow. And when I just kind of stumbled upon it online, I thought it was a joke because I couldn't imagine that. I was like, how could this have happened? And none of us are talking about it. So from some uh, standpoint, I think it was like me from like the art activist place wanting to spread the message so people could know about the upstairs lounge. Yeah. Um, but I was not alive in the 70s. <laughs> and yeah. also, I think there's a gajillion ways this musical could have gone wrong. And one thing I really want to clarify for people is you're not going to see the show and it's not going to be like fabric flames in the corner being like, oh my God, in the corner there's a oh fire. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> no, I swear to God. And it doesn't oh, exist wow. in this world of melodrama. It's actually a really uplifting, fun show because for me, it's like I grew up without having any kind of gay mentors i had to just kind of figure out how to exist in this world and yeah. uh this is me trying to have a love affair with 1973 and to look to our queer elders for advice on how do we get through the next four years ah. and i think there's so many parallels and the show is kind of trying to respond directly to what's going on right now with donald trump and and all of that shit and uh to say that it was not perfect in 1973 it's not perfect in 2017 but both eras can learn a little bit from each other in in terms of our community. Yeah, I heard you. I was listening to, or watching some promotional footage for the show, and I heard you reference um, who uh, uh, Meryl Streep mm-hmm. quoting um, Carrie uh, Fisher, Carrie Fisher yeah. saying, mm. "What what was that that she said again?" Uh, take your broken heart and turn it into art. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's my question for you. Is like, how what what do you see for art and musical theater and theater and everything in the next in the era of Trump? What do you well, hope? Well, I like, think get? we have. Uh, an urgency right now to create stuff that isn't bullshit. I mean, like, I can't tell you how many musicals I go to, like, readings of things, and they're, you know, hour and a half long musicals, and, like, the great dramatic moment in the show is when, like, the two white people meet up for the first time at a cafe and drink a cappuccino, and that's, (laughs) like, the climax of the show. You know what I mean? It's, like, the world is, like, burning around us, and I think, like, (laughs) we have to make some, like, real shit that is going to motivate people to like put on their armor and like go out there and like feel like they can exist and have hope and and fight the battle um but uh that's just my i mean there is a place for escapist art also but i think i think the ratio in the show hopefully is right right like we're gonna give you a little history we're gonna like give you like a little activism but also there's like a fucking amazing drag show uh, yes oh I'm psyched there's like there better be there's like a quasi project runway moment in the show there's a fashion <laughs> show um, because the show wasn't gay enough so yesterday and previews we decided to add a fashion show into the oh, what the proceedings the uh, so you've you've been in previews for how long now like uh, yesterday was our third preview oh my god how? so you're still changing a lot yeah. everything is changing the ending changed last night uh, the wow. opening is changing next Tuesday <laughs> it's constantly in flux but so far, knock on Keith Herring book, uh, <laughs> we're four for four with standing ovations. So oh, that's cool. I yes. feel like people are really responding to the material. So even though we're changing it and we're per- per- perfecting it, I think we have like a decent baseline right now. Does the music change a lot, like on your end of things? Well, the the composition of the music is pretty frozen. Some of the orchestrations yeah. change a little bit here and there, like. You know, as we're listening in front of an audience, we're like less synth on that song, more rock guitar on that, more like little stuff like that. But the songs are pretty much done. Sure. I imagine that's pretty hard to change after. It's pretty hard. It's yeah, a lot of... There's no time at this point for band to do any more rehearsals because because of equity rules, like band has to rehearse separately from the actors oh. and stuff like that. So we probably wouldn't be able to put it in at this point. Excellent. Right. 
What was the genesis of this show? I mean, I, I know, I, talking about, because a lot of what we talk about on our show is, you know, history and culture. And this, your show is a complete amalgamation of those yeah. two things. It's yeah. so, yeah, yeah. and so in preparation for this, I was researching the Upstairs Lounge. I mean, I had heard of it only because of that comic book, which is uh, a, a tribute from the Orlando, vic- for the Orlando victims. Mm. Um, I was reading that and there's a panel where these older gay scholars were talking about how this is the big the biggest attack since the upstairs lounge fire and i was like what i doubt like uh, maybe a month ago was the first time i'd ever heard of it in that book um and it, it, it was really graphic i mean the images are really horrible and yeah. it was mostly a church gathering is what i understand yeah well okay People so were gathered the, the other part of the reason i want to like reclaim the story of the upstairs lounge is like even if it hadn't been burned down i think it was one of like the legendary gay bars in my mind of all time because sure. like if you think oh, about yeah. like New York, it's a Saturday night. If you want your drag queens, you'll go to Barracuda. You'll go to Industry. If you want to like suck a dick at three a.m., you'll go to the Cock. If you Ooh, want a <laughs> piano bar sing along, you'll go to the Duplex or you'll go to the Monster. If you want lesbos, go to the Cubby Hole. Yeah, go, go to Henry Cubby Hole. Hudson. Yeah, exactly. Um, but what's amazing about the Upstairs Lounge is it had all of those things, and it was also a church. Weirdly enough, yeah. the MCC Church had services there, which was the first church to have gay priests and clergy. Wow. Um, so it had all of these elements thrown in. And then when you think about the fact that it existed in the South in 1973 when it was just straight up illegal to be gay yeah. and bars were being regularly raided, um, it just makes it more miraculous. They even had amateur theatrical productions there, which they oh. called Nelly Dramas. Oh. And there was this woman <laughs> what who I would was, give. she was the wife of like one of the higher up cops in the local precinct. And she was also like a frustrated, like stay at home wife, creative artist. And so she would go to the upstairs lounge and direct the gay men in plays oh. that she wrote. And oh that's what God. they would, part of what they would do to bribe the cops from like not coming in there to bust up the club. Because that, she was involved? Because she was involved because oh, the gay wow. men were the only people who wanted to do there's so many incredible stories from uh the upstairs lounge like the real people that went there that are really miraculous so um i think that's part of why i wanted to tell the story wow yeah yeah that is incredible then there's a documentary the upstairs inferno did you watch that yeah i haven't seen it but there's going to be uh i've been in contact with the guy who made it and there's going to be a new york screening very soon so when it comes here i'm definitely going to see it yeah that's incredible work too and i'm super honored to be just one of many people who's putting the message of the show of I mean of the upstairs lounge out there into the world. Right. Yeah. What um in creating this, what do you think has been the most challenging thing for you? I think the most challenging thing has been for me to like answer and weirdly the universe has helped with this, but for me to answer like why does the world need this show? Because mm. There's obviously a lot of queer shows out there in the world. I think it's amazing we live in a time where kinky boots can be like, you know, faggy friendly, you know, (laughs) and family friendly entertainment. Um, But uh, weirdly, when Donald Trump got it, like when I first started writing the show, gay marriage was not legalized. Don't Ask, Don't Tell had not been repealed. Pulse had not happened. Donald Trump had not gotten elected. And every time one of these major milestones has happened, I've completely had to rewrite the show (laughs) and now i almost feel like the universe has answered it for me of why does the show need to exist so that i feel very confident now that people are going to see a show that is going to be saying something and putting people on a stage that they haven't seen before so um that's the struggle also getting the ratio right like i said it's like there's a lot there's potentially a lot of darkness in a story that is tragic and so for me i don't want the show to sit in tragedy i want people to feel like 
they're celebrating the people from the past because in queer theater you get a lot of like 90% of it is 80s AIDS epidemic oh, it's but so there's brutal. almost no stuff out there that is about the 70s and the 70s were an amazing era because queerness was seen as like like it was a political act to like suck a dick and like you know a yeah. uh, train station bathroom and there's a beauty to that of people feeling like they were at the forefront of a political movement and not knowing the, the thing that was going to come 10 years later and that kind of celebratory um element of cruising and, and inner Freedom. generational inner class inner racial intersection through sexuality i think is so interesting and i want to celebrate that too so have, making sure that the show is not melodramatic and is not overly depressing has been a major concern of mine. And <laughs> oh, I feel yeah. like people are going to come and like get their life. Yes. People have been laughing. Oh. I mean, uh. like, we have Nathan Lee Graham, who in the middle of the show has a monologue. I've never seen this in my entire life, where he has a monologue that is getting like Jennifer Holiday Dream Girls level applause. Like, wow. and it's getting like a three minute long applause on it. We have to stop the show every night. She just like brings it. Uh, it. I so. when I first moved here, I saw him in like walking down the street, and I I stopped I I like stopped full on and I'm like, why do I know that face? I know that face. I was like I've seen him in a million things, and then it hit me, and then I first I saw he was in your show, and I'm like I I, I cannot wait. Oh my god, it's so I, it's so hard for me to hear anyone's voice doing the monologue now because he has such a specific way. Of, like, yes, oh, it's like extremely. all you kids are spoiled. But nowadays, you can't have ten men walking into your bathroom stall. But once upon a time, things are not so simple. There was no cruising on the bread line. Oh Why, God. in my early 20s, I had to intercept more coded messages than the Allied forces. But I found it. I was hungry for love. Painters, poets, diplomats, sailors galore. Even a sword swallower. You know, it's oh like, yeah, you'll God. see. He's it's yes. crazy. I wait. Yeah, it's, like, it's like Eartha Kit on acid. Yes, oh, I was thinking about that. Yeah, it's... Uh, oh, I mean, it's shit. Nathan Lee Graham. There's no one like him. No one shit. like him. So you've been working on this since last what? What since when? Four and a half years. Four and a half years. Wow! Holy wow. shit! Yeah. It's expensive to mount a musical. It, <laughs> is. <laughs> it took a long time. Damn, uh, bitch. Yeah. God, that's intense. Gotta get that money. Yeah. That and was. find someone who had the vision to say that the story was important and uh, worth putting out there into the world because yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's not an immediate commercial idea, right? It's like someone, our producer, Invisible Wall Productions, had to uh, hear about the show and be like, this is a work of art. This is something that is, like, not immediately commercial, but people want to see it because it's hopefully, you know, once again, knock on Keith Green book, <laughs> uh, a message that's important to yeah. be shared. It feels wildly relevant. I mean, it, 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 there couldn't be a better time, seemingly, for something like this to be happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is, I have to say, like, that's the most, like... To me, the gift of the show happening right now is because it takes so long to develop theater, often you have something that you've written that is like incredibly of the moment. And then five years later, by the time it goes up, it's like it feels like you're following culture because the moment has moved on. And because it just aligned with what's happening with the election, Donald Trump, like... I was just like, I'm not throwing away my shot, right? Like, yes. I'm, going, I'm going to respond to everything in real time and put it in the show. And so I feel like people are going to oh, see wow. it and it's going to feel like it's responding to that, like, Huffington Post article they read that morning that made them want to, like, throw themselves out a window. Yeah. That's <laughs> that, like, you're making a living, breathing thing, like, truly, that feeds into exactly what happened maybe that day, even. Like, that's incredible. Yeah, that no, you're you still changing still the show to reflect that. and adapt. Isn't yeah, it? for sure. It's it's un- it's almost, it's unfortunate in a lot of ways that it is so, that it has yeah. been made so relevant, but I think 
um but it, but also like you know blessing and a curse i think um um I, I, I was also wondering actually uh about like uh development of the show in in the recent and like casting and like kind of everything up to where you are now when you, once you like got the okay from uh the powers that be from the pub, uh, from your yeah, uh, who producer, did you say invisible wall production. invisible wall invisible wall production invisible wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that that's my plug that uh, noise <laughs> um, yeah so it, it, I mean how has it been since in developing and uh, in rehearsal of this thing well, that you've been you know, working on for so long in terms of casting we have an amazing casting director her name is Rebecca Feldman she does a lot of casting for the public theater and uh to me, something that's so important is like sitting in auditions, 90% of the people that come in are kids that have gone to these conservatory programs and you just get the sense that these conservatory programs have like tried very hard to hammer every single bit out of them that makes them unique mm-hmm. or different. It's like they're all taught to have the same kind of like, you know, today is for Amy, like, yeah. you know, kind of Sondheim belt and... Oh, that's not what I wanted. I wanted very much the polar opposite of that. And I feel like oftentimes when you go see a musical, it's like you'll get a cast of boring people, but you'll get that one weird character that has an 11 o'clock number that gets yeah. them nominated for like a best featured right. yeah. whatever Tony. And then you, but then they like go off and you never see them again. And so <laughs> I feel like my show is 10 characters who are all that weirdo yeah, in the show. They're right. all the weirdo. And all of the, the cast, the people that I cast are people that um, are totally unlike any other performer like vocally like my friend watched a video and she was like you know none of your singers blend well together when they sing harmonies and i was like no they don't because they all (laughs) they all have i mean they're all the best singer of all time but they all have very different vocal styles and that to me is like really important because like i want people to hopefully one day listen to the soundtrack and like so identify the characters with those people and the amazing thing is because these actors feel so bonded to their roles um I just feel like they're doing incredible performances. Right. Like, across the board. I mean, we have uh, Michael Longoria, who hasn't been in a show for, like, eight years. And the last show he did was Jersey Boys on Broadway, where he was Frankie Valley. <laughs> so fuck? he's gone from, like, big girls don't cry. So now he's playing, like, a Puerto Rican drag queen with, like, confetti shooting out of his fake tits. Jesus. But, yeah. <laughs> You have Nathan Lee Graham, like, who, once again, I told you, like, sings, like, Eartha Kitt on acid, but also does gospel. You have Frenchie Davis, who's belting, like, G's in the show, like, a whole note higher than Patti LuPone in New Argentina. I mean, she's singing, like, people, she, like, levitates people off their seats. Like, I, I, at the performance yesterday, she hit this note, and the person to the left of me went, oh. (laughs) (laughs) you ever experience that when people sing a note and you can like feel it in your like yeah groin? Your like i can yeah. feel it in my vagina. oh yeah absolutely definitely. i'm definitely feeling you know? it in my vagina <laughs> yes good max let's all feel it in our vagina. Oh, that's what i yes i want theater that i can feel in my vagina that's what Every i want time. that's yeah. the only kind of and theater jeremy pope who's plays the main character is so amazing he's like when he sings he sounds like frank ocean to me i mean oh, like, but his performance is so good and taylor frey my friend I mean, Taylor Frey is an amazing actor, but he also just happens to have, like, a statuesque, incredible body. Because, like, he better if he's going to play a hustler in the 70s, right? Yeah. Hey. Uh, my friend came the other day, and she was like, I really felt the struggle throughout your entire piece. I was like, what? You mean of, like, the homophobia from the world outside the bar? She was like, no, that Taylor's pants was going to, like, we're going to rip. Because, like, his ass is just so amazing. <laughs> I probably should not be saying this on an interview. Oh like, God, whatever, no, it's, it's okay. Fine, it's fine. It. If Taylor people come just it. for the ass, uh, they yeah. will they come to us soon ass. learn more. Come for the ass and stay for the message. The stay. view upstairs at the Lynn Redgrave Theater. <laughs> 
Exactly. Oh, That's how God. we should really be promoting this. Yeah. Yeah. We should talk about how we met you. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Back in Louisville, Kentucky during the Humana Festival last yeah. year. Max was uh, came on to write a song for uh, one of the pieces we did in a show that Sarah... Well, I, Sarah performed it. I didn't perform it. Um, this, like, kick-ass rock and roll version of these bonneted women talking about murdering and killing men who they did not who they like were done with it was it just was kind a, of like, it was like cell block tango on acid yes but yeah the crucible instead meets of the crucible where they all die in the end it's like they kill everyone in the end yeah, yeah. and yeah. there was blood the women everywhere bonnet strike back yeah it was amazing you literally splattered blood over audience yeah. members i mean it was I blood packets squirting everywhere yes squirting <laughs> no, it was incredible. It was like some weird punk rock song. Yeah, it was fun. I got to collaborate with Jen Silverman, who Ugh. we're also writing a musical together, and she's like, God, I can't wait. She's obsessed with she's Jen. Crazy. Yeah, we're right. We're writing a musical together about Anais Nin and incest. Anais so, Nin, dude. <laughs> another commercial work. Of um, <laughs> sell it. <laughs> okay, so real quick before we wrap up, I would love to know. I have two questions. I've got one. Great. Okay, great. So I want to know what is your favorite place to shop in the city? Like you always have the most. If you could see Max at all times, he's dressed oh, in this like insane. just like incredible fashion. What is this? You have like a you have a button like a, a sort of brooch that looks yeah, like a china I, doll's face. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> like it's the head of like a Victorian like. <laughs> doll or something that they like cut off the face of it and put like a brooch backing on so it's a little bit creepy where did but, you pick that up uh i got this in texas oh shit i just you know what it is i think people look at me and they think i'm like going to opening ceremony and they think i'm going to barney's and shit I'm like i can't afford that <laughs> not, not on my theater salary girl. yeah girl but so really it's just about having an eye and going i go to salvation armies yeah. i go to thrift stores yeah. anywhere like and it's like i'll haggle a bitch i'll go to tag <laughs> sales yeah. i go with my stepmom both of her parents were holocaust survivors so like she can haggle a bit oh, right fuck. like she got me a lawn von tuxedo jacket for two dollars what like she was just like i wouldn't give you more than four bucks for that oh my god <laughs> she gets me crazy Shit. brooches out in long island yeah i mean it's just like i'll, I'll get anything anywhere but thrift stores mainly amazing uh, that, I, wear, that... I wear a lot of old lady clothing yeah i would say you are like old lady chic mm-hmm. yeah yeah but in like gl- glossy glammy silver boots yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a very interesting look it's good yeah it's really good um what you i do you listen to any podcasts at all uh, well, I've started listening to this one because I think it's oh. cool to like learn about like gay history I don't know about. So there's that. Hey, gay yeah. today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I listen to that. I listen to Ira Glass every now and then. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's something I'm trying to get more into. So definitely, if you have uh stuff outside of the obvious Radio Lab world that <laughs> oh, you think I should yeah. be listening to, please oh, yeah. let me know. For sure. Um, um I have oh. one qu- one question, one and you don't have to answer if you don't want to. How was it opening the show with kidney stents? It was fucking crazy. So I thought I was totally having a Jonathan Larson moment. Oh, uh, no. Where I was like, in like a sick way, like when I thought I was dying, I was like, maybe going to email the publicist and I was like, get the obit ready. Like, yeah. Because oh, oh I was like, God. then our show will really run. Yeah. I was like, this is going to be great for ticket sales. It's my rent. Yeah. No, but I woke oh, up at 4 a.m. last week and I was like, oh my God, who's stabbing me? And I oh. fell out of bed and just started puking on my floor. Oh. And it was like, I, it, the pain was so intense. I literally didn't think I was going to be able to like pick up my phone to get a car to go to the hospital oh, i got to the hospital Jesus. they're like hey can you pee in this cup i peed blood came out like the color of this key pairing book uh, i was like oh my god ew. i'm dying uh, and then uh, so they did scans and they were like you have kidney stones congratulations so then uh i think i've gotten through it now i'm not in pain anymore but i had to then go through the rest of tech 
the 10 out of 12s were those are the marathon oh. days where you're in a theater for 14 hours a day right. and I was just like high off my mind on Oxycontin <laughs> trying to tech my own show but, that show but actually you know what it's great like I will say like my, I've seen my show sober it's good and it's even better high so like of smoke course. a fat blunt and come to the view yes smoke a fat <laughs> old blunt take that Oxy you know what surprisingly that was not as hard as yesterday when randomly I was like seated next to someone who fucked me on Grinder and then blocked me after they walked out of the door and then and I never talked to him again and then I was seated like two seats away from this person and then there's a monologue in the show that's like uh, you filter it about grinder and it's like you filter out 99% of the people you know you have no interest in and then you just block them and they never call you again and he was like laughing and <sighs> clearly did not put two and two together because he went home and Instagrammed the, the program and wrote this rave review oh so shit. I was like <laughs> calling you out wherever you are uh, <laughs> oh, I just amazing. right before I walked in the door I just liked it what I was the like, oh hell yeah <laughs> but I was like that's oh a little weird that's crazy you know what oh whatever um, no shame Okay, let's play our favorite game. We got a fun game for Real you, Max. Real quick with yes. you, Max. You... It's, it's called... Um... Let's do five each. You go for Great. Four it's each. called Glingo. It's gay lingo. Gay lingo. We're going to throw, throw you some terms, some gay lingo terms from like the 80s and 90s, and we're going to see what you think they... Well, we'll all do play together, what you think what they might mean. Think okay, good. At least it's not like Polari slang from like the gay culture in the 40s, because then I'd really be screwed. From uh, the four, no, not that yeah, far back. This okay, is a little more right. like 80s, 90s. There's also 90s, lesbian 90s. lingo in here, so like... Oh, lesbian okay. lingo's coming too. I'm going to play that one pretty oh good. God, uh, I'm very scared. Let's, we'll start off easy, and this okay. one maybe some people know. Uh, disco nap. Uh, to take like a five-minute nap. Bef- yeah, like a siesta. Yeah, like a before siesta you go before out. you go out and like go to the saint all night and totally like, gotta have a disco yeah, nap. Have a rage until 3 a.m. Good. I've had a disco nap before. Gotta have a disco nap. There's still, I'll do one more. Okay. Uh, uh, how about like smell her? Smell her. Yeah. Um, her is vagina like... is particularly rabid. Okay, this is gay lingo, I not lesbian. I was. I'm guessing it's like the '80s equivalent of like she's thirsty, like she wants that dick tonight. Oh mm, yeah. Died. Um. No, it's, it's like if someone's getting just a little bit too fab, and they think they their their pants are just a little too tight. They think they're thinking a little too much. Oh, this so okay. smell her, girl. She's coming in here thinking she's this and that. Oh okay. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm, smell her. Okay. okay. Um. Um. I have one. Yeah. Dishonorable discharge. <laughs> That's when you have chlamydia yes. and you know you should pull out, but you come in them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh my fuck! No, it oh is God. to masturbate at home after unsuccessfully going out in search of a sex partner. Uh, dishonorable, dishonorable discharge. She didn't get lucky Man. tonight. That's sad. <laughs> um, I also have one. Um, daddle. Daddle. Oh. Daddle. Daddle. Is that to like diddle a dad? Yeah, is it, is it, oh, is it you, lesbian find, lingo? You oh, right. right. So you find like a leather daddy at the bar and you decide leather to give him a little diddle. diddle. <laughs> a little diddle. Little diddle. Wait, no. so dad, like, a, oh, you find a woman with like daddy, a daddy complex and you, uh, and you dress issues. up like a dad. <laughs> and you fuck her. No, it's to engage in lesbian sex in a face to face position. A daddle? It's oh, a daddle. A face to face. We're going to just look at each other and daddle. A daddle. Some One of the lesbians gets into downward facing dog and the other one gets out a paddle yes. and she just starts like <laughs> swimming in the oh, other one's my vagina. God. Uh, I'm, sign me up for that one. Sign me up. Um, here's one. Quirthy. Quirthy? Quirthy. K-W-E-R-T-H-Y. Worthy Quirthy. of my queer Yeah, right? Fucking... I'm not quirthy. Yeah, that's but... kind of it. Come-worthy or queer-worthy. I, I, it's come-worthy, but I like queer-worthy a lot, too. It's oh, queer-worthy. Wow. I got one more. Um, Fleece. To steal. 
Nice. To what? To Look steal. at that. To steal. Yeah, if you, you're going to fleece those shoes, you're going to steal some <gasps> shoes. Or you can, like, fleece on a bill if you're, at, yeah. if you're out. Okay, I have two. Or if you're... That's mopping for the Harlem ball scene. Mopping. Yes. yes. We're in Harlem. Yeah. Um, okay. So um, missionary work. Oh. Uh, I think this missionary is work people. is oh. when you're going to hook up with someone that you think is a little bit lower than your level, but you kick your legs up to the ceiling and you think of handbags. <laughs> <laughs> Prada Gucci, Prada Gucci. Kind of close. It's an attempt by a gay man or lesbian to seduce a straight person of the same sex. Oh. So, like, you know. Sure. And then finally, I will end mine okay. with um, okay. holding a bowling ball. Is that like, is that like, uh, is that like Kegels? Like when you put a ball inside and you just like, <laughs> rip, you grip that bad boy with your No. Vagina? Is that when you like hook up with someone who has elephantitis, just like gigantic balls right. and you cup them? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's um, no, oh, it's to sexually stimulate another woman by rubbing the thumb and forefinger finger simultaneously on her clitoris and anus, holding thumb and forefinger. Yeah, holding oh, it's a like... bowling ball. <laughs> oh my god, that's yeah. amazing. Oh, okay, yeah, I totally so, get that. That's, I'm gonna end. That's, I think we'll end it on that. You are now. You're yeah. officially a lesbian. Oh my god, you're, I've indoctrinated both of you. Well, thank you, Max. Uh, there... One more plug for yeah. the show. Yeah, one more plug to the show. The View Upstairs yeah. at the Lynn Redgrave Theater now through May 21st. Get your tickets on... Theviewupstairs.com. Great. We'll link it in our on, shit. Like, yeah, we'll link it on our Facebook. Mania, Playbill. Yeah. I don't know. Just Google that There's shit. There's some great Google videos up there. That's just smart. Google that shit. Google yeah, that shit. Do you have socials? Do you want to give socials? Yeah, we're on we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I'm on I'm on Instagram. I'm Fräulein Sally Bowles. Not we link all of that. I have yeah. the sense of humor of a two year old, so yes. <laughs> so do we. Yeah. Um, okay, great. Thanks, thanks guys. so much this was for amazing. coming. Yeah, here. thanks for coming, Max. I can't wait to see your show. Yeah. Alright. Goodbye everybody. Bye. You go in to give your girl a kiss in the hall. But instead you find you're kissing her brother Paul. Ma's got a sweater up to her chin. Pa's got a girdle holding him in. Those masculine women and feminine men.